Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 2072, Four Stimulants in Tea, More Than Just Caffeine, by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another bonus episode as we produce each Sunday here on ORD. I'm your host, Greg Audino, and in this week's bonus episode, I'll be sharing audio from a previously aired episode of our health show, Optimal Health Daily which I highly recommend checking out if you are looking for great articles and advice brought to you by Dr. Neil Malik, our host over there who does a really terrific job. Let's hear what he has for us this time as we optimize your life. Four Stimulants in Tea, More Than Just Caffeine by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com Tea contains four substances that have stimulatory effects on your brain. The most well-known is caffeine, a potent stimulant that you can also get from coffee and soft drinks. Tea also contains two substances related to caffeine, theobromine and theophylline. Finally, it provides a rather unique amino acid called L-theanine, which has some very interesting effects on the brain. So let's discuss these four stimulants found in tea. Tea and coffee provide a different buzz. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine about the psychoactive effects of coffee and tea. Both contain caffeine and therefore have a stimulant-like effect on the brain, but we agreed that the nature of these effects is quite different. My friend used an interesting analogy. The effect provided by tea is like being gently encouraged to do something by a loving grandmother, while coffee is like being kicked in the butt by a military officer. After our conversation, I've been doing some reading on tea and how it affects the mind. Don't get me wrong, I do love coffee. In fact, I tend to call it my all-time favorite health drink. However, coffee does definitely have a downside for me. While it tends to give me a nice and strong energy boost, I believe it sometimes prevents me from getting much done because the wired feeling can cause my brain to wander. This excess stimulant effect of coffee can make me spend a lot of time on unproductive tasks like checking emails, scrolling through Facebook, reading pointless news stories, and so on. It turns out that tea has less caffeine than coffee, but it also contains three stimulant substances that may provide some sort of synergistic effect. Summary. Coffee gives a stronger boost and greater stimulating effects than tea. It can even be so powerful that it may affect your productivity. Caffeine, the world's most widely used psychoactive substance. Caffeine is the world's most widely used psychoactive substance. That sounds like a bad thing, but it doesn't have to be. Coffee, the biggest source of caffeine, also happens to be one of the biggest sources of antioxidants in the Western diet and consuming it has been associated with various health benefits. The second largest source of caffeine worldwide is tea, which tends to provide a moderate amount of caffeine depending on the type. 
Caffeine stimulates the central nervous system, which can increase vigilance and reduce drowsiness. There are several theories about how this works. The main one is that it blocks a neurotransmitter called adenosine at certain synapses in the brain. This leads to a stimulant effect. Adenosine is believed to increase in the brain throughout the day, building up a kind of sleep pressure. The more adenosine, the greater the tendency to fall asleep. Caffeine partly reverses this effect. The main difference between the caffeine in coffee and the caffeine found in tea is that tea has a lot less of it. A strong cup of coffee can provide anywhere from 100 to 300 milligrams of caffeine, while a cup of tea may only provide anywhere from 20 to 60 milligrams. Summary. Caffeine blocks adenosine in the brain, which is an inhibitory neurotransmitter that promotes sleepiness. Tea contains much less caffeine than coffee, thereby providing fewer stimulating effects. Theophylline and theobromine. Theophylline and theobromine are both related to caffeine and belong to a class of organic compounds called xanthines. They both have several physiological effects on the body. Theophylline relaxes smooth muscles in the airway, making breathing easier while also stimulating both the rate and force of heart contractions. Theobromine can also stimulate the heart, but it does have a mild diuretic effect and improves blood flow around the body, leading to a net reduction in blood pressure. Cocoa beans are also good sources of these two substances. The amounts of these substances in a cup of tea are very small, so their net effect on the body is probably negligible. Some of the caffeine you ingest is metabolized into theophylline and theobromine, So every time you consume caffeine, you will indirectly increase your levels of these two caffeine metabolites. Summary. Theophylline and theobromine are organic compounds related to caffeine and found in small amounts in tea. And they stimulate the body in several ways. L-theanine, a psychoactive amino acid with unique properties. The last compound is by far the most interesting of the four. It is a unique type of amino acid called L-theanine. It is mainly found in the tea plant of the species Camellia sinensis. Like caffeine, theophylline, and theobromine, L-theanine can enter the brain by crossing the blood-brain barrier. In humans, L-theanine increases the formation of brain waves called alpha waves, which are associated with alert relaxation. This is perhaps the main reason for the different, milder buzz that tea generates. L-theanine may affect neurotransmitters in the brain, such as GABA and dopamine. Some studies have suggested that L-theanine, especially when combined with caffeine, can improve attention and brain function. Summary. Tea contains an amino acid called L-theanine, which increases the production of alpha waves in the brain. L-theanine, in combination with caffeine, may improve brain function. The bottom line. Tea may be a suitable alternative for those who are sensitive to the high amounts of caffeine in coffee. Due to the L-theanine and its effect on alpha waves in the brain, it may also be a better choice than coffee for those who need to concentrate for long periods. I personally feel pretty good when I drink tea, green tea in my case. I feel relaxed, focused, and don't get the excessively wired feeling that coffee tends to give me. However, I don't get the same strong motivating effects of coffee, the mental kick I get after drinking a strong cup. All in all, I believe that both tea and coffee have their pros and cons. For me, tea looks like the best choice when doing work on the computer or studying, while coffee is better suited for physical activities like working out. You just listened to the post titled, Four Stimulants in Tea, More Than Just Caffeine, by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. 
Just a couple of weeks ago, at the end of the academic year, I presented this very topic of caffeine and its health effects to my students. I actually started the lecture with a question. I asked my students, how many of you believe that caffeine is harmful to health when consumed in moderation? Now, I've been lecturing on caffeine for many years, and so I know what students typically think. Most students end up raising their hands because most of what we hear in the media is that caffeine is harmful. Well, when we look at the actual data, we're finding that when caffeine is consumed in the form of coffee or tea, it's actually quite beneficial and might prevent a number of diseases. In fact, I was just reading a review article that was published, oh, about a week or so ago, and it found that caffeine, when consumed in the form of coffee or tea, reduces the risk for cardiovascular disease, liver cancer, pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, may reduce risk for dementia, Alzheimer's, which is a more severe form of dementia, and even Parkinson's disease. Consuming caffeine in moderation also improves athletic performance, specifically for endurance-type exercises, not so much weight training. And the list goes on and on and on. But here's the thing. You have to find what's right for you. Just as the author Chris mentioned, coffee makes him feel a little too wired, and it actually inhibits his productivity. But green tea, in his case, is just right. We are finding that some of us metabolize caffeine very differently. Some are more sensitive than others. So if that's you, if let's say you find that a cup of coffee keeps you awake at night, well then maybe try having a cup of tea instead. So you may be thinking, oh, I'll start drinking coffee or tea because of all these wonderful health benefits. Well, that's fine, but just see how your body responds. Make sure that you're not too sensitive to caffeine, that you still feel your best. And if you do, and if it improves your productivity, then by all means, enjoy that cup of coffee or tea. Oh, and by the way, what does caffeine in moderation really mean? Well, the U.S. Dietary Guidelines for Americans has said that about 400 milligrams of caffeine per day is considered moderation. If you go beyond that, you may start to have problems like insomnia and things like that. But again, everybody's different. And I know it's hard to visualize what 400 milligrams of caffeine would be like, but that would be a grande at Starbucks. You get about 330 milligrams of caffeine with a Starbucks grande. So that should give you kind of an idea of how much we're talking about. All right, that'll do it from me for today. Thank you as always for subscribing. Thank you for being here every day. Thank you for sharing this show with someone. I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday and I'll see you back here tomorrow for the Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.